Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I have Angie Coley as my guest, and let me tell you about Angie. So Angie's friends call her the one man, one woman bomb squad, and she <laughs> feels that that is possibly her most favorite nickname ever. She's the one people send into clients or team situations that are tense and threatening to blow up because if anyone can diffuse it, Angie can. Angie believes that people, not profits and processes, are the most important part of business. I agree. She helps creative service providers, company leaders, and founders become the leaders that their business needs to grow and thrive. Her unique style of leadership and communication strategy will help team grow to become completely confident and less stressful. She does all this without becoming a different person or losing your edge. Angie has consulted with and run creative teams for companies such as Jeff Walker's product launch formula, Masterclass, Lowe's, Copy Chief, Orzy Media, and Robert Kioski's, and I know I said that wrong, Rich Dad Brand, to name a few. I should know that off by heart from hearing it so much. She <laughs> has a hybrid business creative degree from Carnegie Mellon University. You may not have known this, but my husband and I are from Pittsburgh. Go Tartans. And yes, ma'am. Well, he's graduated from Pitt, but we love Carnegie Mellon. Master of Entertainment Industry Management. And her expertise is turning creative work and intellectual property into viable businesses. When she's not writing or publishing new episodes of her podcast, Permission to Kick Ass, you'll find her on the road living life as a full-time digital nomad with her semi-insta famous cats, Stella and Ollie. I chose the theme for today's episode is unlocking your inner resilience, thriving in times of chaos. Please join me in welcoming Angie Coley. So Angie, so happy to have you on. And it's interesting, the, the person who I always talk about who created my podcast for me, taught everything podcasting, Adam Homie has a cat 
named mm-hmm. Stella and princess. Yeah. And so it's nice to know that you have a cat named Stella and Ollie. Such a small world. Yeah. Ollie just adopted himself recently on a stop. Um, and Stella's not too happy about it, but Ooh. it's funny on uh TikTok the other week, somebody posted an interview with me where I am tr- trying to keep a straight face and just moving Stella back. Cause she keeps interrupting the show. <laughs> it's probably my favorite <laughs> clip ever. <laughs> The cats are so cool. You'll see um, Leo, my cat, going over to the sofa behind me and just walking and then plopping his fat butt down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so much about their cats, but we always confirm or let everybody have an easy question. And that is, where do you call home? Where do you live? Uh, I know you said well, you're a nomad, but do you have a home base? I was going to say, is it too corny to say I'm a citizen of the world? No, because <laughs> uh, I really I don't actually have a home base. I mean, I've got family that I visit that I can stay with and I've got friends all over the world. But yeah, after I had a, a breakup in 2020 that was unexpected, I basically gave up all of my furniture and most of my possessions and crammed everything that was left in my car, a Kia Soul with my cat Stella and hit the road. And I haven't had a home base since. All right. So another synergy is my daughter who lives with us has a Kia Soul. And if it's red, ah, if yours is red, I'm going to freak out. It no, is red. No, no. <laughs> her name is Scarlett. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think my daughter's named hers, but she, she's the editor of this. So she will get a charge out of that. That is too funny. Too funny. Connections. I uh, know. So uh, we could probably just have a whole podcast on, and, and let's do that on just being a digital nomad, because I've yeah. interviewed a couple other people who've done that. And I think it's so fascinating and probably because in my inner self, I almost kind of would like to do that, except I have this pool of my grandbabies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but totally get it. It's not but, for everybody and it's yeah. its own kind of stressful, but yeah, I think yeah. it's worth it if you uh, want to try. Yeah, definitely want to have a podcast on that. Absolutely. So you're, the first question I have is one that maybe people wouldn't want to start with, but because of my feeling that this always makes us better, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from that coming right out of the gate with the tough one I know the tough one (laughs) well actually it's not too long ago that this happened uh with me I met somebody we hit it off really well we had super complementary business skills and we decided to form a partnership well long story short that partnership did not go very well there were some hurt feelings, but I don't I don't wish her any evil or anything like that. It's just sometimes these things don't work out the way that you had hoped. And I was so upset for several months afterwards, like barely able to work because I was just so frustrated at how badly this thing had gone off the rails from our intentions and from our plans. And like I said, I don't think that she's a bad person, but when you have incompatible working styles, it can get yeah, uh, real head really real quick. Um, And what I learned from that was that I was still repeating some old patterns to a certain point, right? We all have our own issues and our own trauma that we're bringing to our working relationships that impact the choices that we make and we don't even realize it. And in that particular instance, I was not trusting myself and I was trusting her expertise and saying, okay, you're the expert and we're going to follow your plan. And every opportunity that I had to step up and say something, I either didn't 
or it was overturned and I went, okay, you know better than I do. And in the end, mm -hmm. no, my, my instincts were pretty accurate. Am I right 100% of the time? No, but my instincts were pretty accurate. And I was upset at myself for not following them and for not trusting myself. Yeah. So I guess that's the lesson that I keep learning, that, that my instincts are saying something for a reason, to speak up when you're feeling uncomfortable and to trust yourself, mm -hmm. even when it doesn't seem to make sense on the surface, like your gut is speaking up for a reason. That is so true. One of the sidetracks that I do, I have public speaking, but I also do leadership, leading with your heart, your head and your hand. And it's something that, you know, others teach that as well. But it's one of those things that I learned in my first 50 years. I was the person like you were like, you're smarter than me, you know, and I graduated from college at 50. And I did it with high marks and I was like, okay, I, I did this while I was on the road all but four days and I did really well. So maybe I know something mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'd change my whole perspective to just listen to my gut and things changed and my world changed. And so now that's what I'd like to teach. And so I'm so glad yeah. that you, and, and this is why I asked this question first, because I think people try to forget or, or hide and act like they haven't had any failures that life was wonderful all the way. And in reality, yeah. no, nope. anybody that's uber successful or kind of successful has screwed up, failed and got on the ground. And the only thing that helped them to be where they are today is they got back up. Yep. And I think that trusting your instincts thing is so important and so yeah. underrated because there are so many brilliant people out there teaching so many different strategies and tactics and approaches. And the thing is, they all work. Otherwise, you wouldn't have so many people teaching so many different things. The key is what works for you, what works for your people and your team and the people that you serve. That's why it has to be your own instinctive, your internal leadership, your drive and the way that you do things. Because I am never going to cold call again in my life. It doesn't work for me. I will resist it with every fiber of my being. Does that mean cold calling doesn't work? No, but I'm not going to do it. It doesn't work for me. Well, and I think that's important for all the coaches that we have out there to listen to, because when you're a coach, you think, well, I'm coaching, so I'm going to tell you how to do it. And then the words that we don't ever want to use as coach, the should and the yeah. can't and the don't, don't shit on yourself. <laughs> so those words, you know, don't, those words are words that you really need to understand that each individual you bring and that person may or may not resonate with what you do and how you do it, but be flexible and open to say, well, let me hear what you're going to do and let's talk through what could go awry and can you mm -hmm. survive? Can you surpass? Can you um, grow and learn from those things that might go wrong that won't stop you? And it's yes. like, you know. Can I just say thank you for saying that? Because it drives me nuts that there are so many prescriptive coaches out there. And if this is you listening, don't feel bad. That's not a judgment. I was once upon a time too. And I thought Angie knows everything there is to know. Just do it Angie's way. Uh, surprise, Angie doesn't know what the best life should be for 8 billion people. Uh, Angie only knows what's best for Angie. Uh, and so 
that's the only filter that I can apply to anybody's situation. Yeah. What works for Angie. So I learned through some gracious non-judgmental coaches of my own to not be a prescriptive coach. And I actually encountered a whole lot less resistance and a lot more of my students taking actions on what we talked about because they were picking what was right for them, what felt good in their gut into their instincts instead of what I was telling yeah. them to do. And you, you have to remember too, that you as the person receiving the guidance, the coaching, if you then go back to somebody in your network, in your surroundings, in your family and say, oh, well, this is what I think I'm going to do. Unless they've walked in your shoes, done what you're going to do or have, uh, have done, they aren't the best people for you to uh, get advice from. So mm -hmm. I, I always go with like, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to do this. And if it goes awry, I learn something, but I'm not going to ask someone to second guess if I'm doing the right thing. Yes. You know, like you I don't either. ask my husband how to do this because he, he, this isn't his yeah. game, you know? Yeah. You either win or you learn with every action you take. It's not oh, win or I lose, love that. it's win or learn. I heard win that. I can't learn. take credit for win that. I, I heard that from a very smart lady named Susan who teaches dog training online. Um, but win or learn, that really resonated with me. And like, listen, guys, don't take money-making advice from broke people. Don't take relationship <laughs> advice from single people. Like, Choose who you are getting your advice from and make sure that they're qualified to give advice or perspective or feedback because otherwise, exactly like you said, Vicki, they're just inviting people to second guess you. Why, why do that? Why add more noise? It's already confusing yeah, enough. That's all right. There's enough noise in our head. <laughs> mm -hmm. So in our world as an entrepreneur, we have to, uh, to me, I, I think in to not be crazy, we have to have some sort of routine. Whatever yes. works for us, find out what works for you and add now to this being a nomad. So talk mm -hmm. to us about what your morning routine is like that ensures mm -hmm. that you're not going to get that silver object or the squirrel moment and get you off track. Oh, well, I'm already pretty ADHD. So we, we <laughs> manage the squirrel moments instead of trying to fight against them or prevent them entirely. We just, we just manage, we redirect that energy. Um, but it was several years ago that I told myself I wanted a long, luxurious, no stress, nowhere to be morning routine. I just wanted the first couple hours to me, no calls, no talking, to read the news and drink coffee and sit in nature and snuggle with my cats. And I remember having this really big disconnect in my head about, well, someday when, someday when I've earned the right or I've hit a certain milestone, I will be able to. And I think it was about six months on the road. I was at this beautiful Airbnb in North Carolina in Asheville, and they had this stunning porch that was looking out into the woods. It was private and secluded and quiet and lovely. And I just went one day, nope. I'm not working mornings anymore. I'm coming out here and I'm spending my mornings on this porch. I will write, I will read, I will do whatever comes to mind. So that was kind of a long-winded way of saying like, I gave myself the permission to do what felt right to me in the mornings instead of got to get up at four o'clock in the morning, hit the gym, take an ice bath, right? I don't, I can't do that. I'm not a morning person. So now I just work with my natural routines and rhythms. And that is don't talk to me until noon because I am not a morning person, but I do a heck of a lot of good writing and thinking in the morning by myself. 
So I usually wake up between like 7.38, have some coffee, read the news, do a bit of journaling. Sometimes I'll do some meditation if I remember, but I'm not great at memory. <laughs> um, and then I'll usually roll my way into my first call around 11 a.m. or noon, uh, having done a whole lot of work on my stuff, which is what ma makes me lit up. Yeah. So that's that's really great advice. And, and I think that the important thing, just going back to what we said before, is you need to take time and reflect on what works for you. For mm -hmm. me, I'm, I am a morning person, but I, t I don't, I think that I'm most creative in the morning. And so mm -hmm. I too don't book a lot of things. Um, we talked earlier before the podcast started about, you know, I save the mornings for my international audience or my international guests so I can have my podcast with them, but that's, you know, generally only a half an hour. And the rest of the time is for me to, as you said, to pray, to just de-stress, to write, to think of, of planning. That's the best time for me to do mm -hmm. that. So um, I, I don't want to start the day with problems. I did that for 40 years in corporate. As soon as you walk in the door, there's a problem sitting there for you. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, if I'm running my business now, I want to do this my way. So excellent yeah. advice. I think if you had to write a book tomorrow, what do you think you would write about? And I think you Ooh. probably have about 50 books in you, but I would love to know which, what is burning desire right now? Oh, you accurately pegged me. That's for sure. I've been working on a book for five years, which is finally coming out this year. But if Yay. I was not writing that one, I would probably be writing either a book about my travels, which I didn't really talk about much while I was traveling. And that just goes to show you that there's more than one way to do things. I was not a very visual on social media, present digital nomad talking about today I'm here doing this. Like occasionally I'd share pictures of my food and whatever place I happen to be, but I haven't written about the travels and how much they changed me because I had a big resistance to writing mm -hmm. about that for a long time. Cause in my mind, I was associating it with healing and the post breakup grief and all of that, that processing that I needed to do. And so I, I, I had a lot of people that were bugging me knowing that I'd been a writer for 13 years, write about the travels. We're living vicariously through you. It's still COVID shutdowns and you're traveling and we're jealous. And one day I, I kind of lost it and wrote a post called, I don't want to be your bleep breakup guru. Uh, that was just a big ranty screed about, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making up everything as I'm going. Some days I order two desserts because just because, because I need two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's probably the book that I would write about all of the lovely people that reminded me that the news is not accurate. Social media is not real. Uh, the people are around you in the real world every day and they've got lovely things to offer you just for being alive, for being there, for talking to them. So maybe put down the phone a little bit, go out and talk to people, have some adventures in your own town. It's good stuff. So it's funny that you say that because uh, I had decided early on after my podcast was going so well that I needed to do a second podcast in 2024. And my second yeah. podcast is, you know, this one is really, to focus on helping people to, to get ahead in business. But as you said, I interview so many very cool people that their backstory, their side story is a story I think needs to be heard and it doesn't get focused on. And there's some 
cool people out there that during COVID, I was, uh, as I was preparing to, uh, to do a podcast, I interviewed older people as well as younger people that have stories that don't even know that there are stories that mm-hmm. really people would resonate with. And so the whole podcast, it's going to be, uh, it's just a conversation with Vicki and that I'm going to just have cool stories. So we I can have it. you back on and talk about your travels and things on that one. Mm-hmm. That would be super, but I, I think it's happy important. to. Yeah, I, I think people, you know, sometimes it's just like a good Hallmark movie. You know, there may not be a super plot. You know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but it just makes you feel good to see that yeah. people are happy with one another and uh, makes you smile. And I just think well, that stories, whether they're um, monumental or just a feel good story, it needs to be heard. Well, you know what I love about that is that especially again, I'm going to harp on media and I love media. My major was entertainment industry management. I wanted to go into TV development. So it's not a, a judge, but like we look at these super dramatic or super hallmarky movies and think that we don't have stories to tell. And even I, as a writer have fallen into that trap of there's nothing special or unique about my life until one day, my friend, I think this was last year. I was at a conference in Knoxville and I was crashing at a friend's house with Stella and she's helping me unload my stuff. And she notices that I have a clear plastic box of all spices, just a spice box. And she goes, is this just a box of all spices that you're traveling with? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, the Airbnbs that I go to, it's going to be hit or miss whether they actually have yeah. cooking spices. Or I'm, and so instead mm-hmm. of buying spices fresh every time, I just decided to travel with my own box of it so I could cook. And it was in that moment that I started to realize it's just my everyday life to me. But to the people outside my world, this is fascinating. This is new. This is different. And to tie that back into everybody listening, there's stuff that you're doing every day that just it's normal to you because it's your life. But there might be people out there that could benefit from that greatly, just hearing your story Mm -hmm. and be super inspired. You're not average. Mm -hmm. You're not. I know. It's it's funny. I, I talked with an older gentleman that I do. I actually want to do a series with him where I'm going to be interviewing him through this environment. And I do transcripts of my podcast. And I said, I'll help you write your book that way. Cause he says, I I can't write. I can't write. I said, but you can talk. We just spent Mm -hmm. two hours of you telling me the story that you never told anyone before. And so that's what we're going to do to get your book. I don't care if it's, you know, a little skinny book or what, but your story needs to be out there because people will care. Yes. Yes. We need more of that in the world. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) So what is the one thing your business um, did that you didn't expect? Ooh, I think it was pivoting to this new direction because when I started down the path toward being a, a professional copywriter, I was in love with it. I loved the puzzle of solving the marketing messaging and the voice and what's the big idea for this campaign going to be. That was all fascinating. And I loved it until I didn't. Mm. And when I fell out of love, you know, closely related to the breakup and the upheaval and the move, I mean, anybody would fall out of love with what they were doing um, with all of that turmoil. I had a big identity crisis and was wondering what's next? What Mm. do I do? And that was when I just turned to my network and I followed my instincts again. And I did something that ordinarily I think people would advise against, which was I told the people that I was working with what was happening. This is what's happening. I'm going through this breakup and this big upheaval. 
I'm here for you. I don't plan to fall off the face of the earth, but I just wanted you to know realistically what I'm dealing with, where my head is at. And I wanted to keep these lines of communication open to see what happens. And just being open like that led to me talking with a friend who I had been freelancing, uh, running his writing team with. And he goes, okay, well, I think I'm going to open up a new training program soon where I'm going to be teaching people the business side of the creative business which is lacking in the industry. And you've been really, really great at client management, at keeping the projects running, like a lot of that super organizational tactical stuff. Would you be open to teaching a module? Well, then I teach a module on client management, which is a lot of leadership and communications, right? And that winds up being a sleeper hit of this 10-week course where people are coming to my calls for two, two and a half hours, throwing all kinds of hypothetical situations of clients gone wrong, team gone wrong situations, and we're solving them and people are feeling really empowered. And so I think that was the surprising thing to me that when I didn't know where to turn, I just got really raw and honest and trusted the relationships I'd built to to catch me, that I had invested enough goodwill that I could be open with them like that. And they wouldn't be like, why are you telling me this? Keep that stuff to yourself. That's not the kind of people I work with. And if that's you, again, no shade. But I like having that openness and honesty. And then it caught me and it turned me in this completely new direction. It's related, but new direction of leadership and communication that I'm fascinated by the same way I used to be with copywriting. That's awesome. It reminds me of, um, as a project manager, that that was why I was, I think, so successful at that is because I just was very authentic with those that I worked with and, and gave everything that I could to the project and the effort. And so then whenever I was doing another project and I needed them, they Mm -hmm. never said no, you know, it was like they would do whatever to help me because I helped them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a key lesson for all of the audiences that do more Mm -hmm. and you will receive. And and it's just, you know, it's, I didn't do in the thought of I I'm doing this to get something back. I just did it because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. We're so, people yeah. doing business with people. You're not doing yeah. business like contrary to what, what propaganda might tell you, uh, corporations aren't actually people. <laughs> they mm. are just businesses, but the people within those corporations, yeah. the founders, whatever you work with, they are people who have bad days, who have feelings, who have incidences like breakups that happen that impact their working schedule. And I think if we can learn to work with each other through uncomfortable feelings instead of avoiding uncomfortable feelings, that we build much stronger relationships for it. And it does really go back to the theme of thriving through chaos, because whenever you build those relationships, the chaos doesn't seem as terrible because you don't feel like you're on an island. You Mm -hmm. really know that there are people that are working together to, to solve whatever issues come. And even if you're, you know, not the key decision maker, understanding as if you um, can, that's everything that you do has a part of making the success of getting through whatever problems or chaos that's going on. And you win or learn. Just like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that that friend of mine that I contracted with, when I told him this, I was scared. I didn't know what he was going to say, but I had a feeling he would be supportive and he was. And he came back to me and he said, thank you. And I was really confused. And I said, for for what? I kind of feel like I just melted down and like left you holding the bag here and and I'm upset with myself. 
And he goes, no, you showed me a flaw in my business design where I had way too much dependent on one person being able to show up and do the work. And I had already stepped out and there's nobody else to take over if you're unable to be there. He goes, to me, it's, it's the same thing that would have happened if, you know, heaven forbid, you had been hit by a bus. I would have been shown that the business couldn't run without you and that that's not sustainable. So he said, I'm not glad this happened to you, but I'm glad that we we're able to see this as an opportunity to grow and get better. And I'm here for you. Take whatever time you need. We'll get through this. And I was yeah. like, and, and I think that's important for the audience to hear again, is the fact that th that there are times when you really have to show vulnerability. You really need to show that because whether you're the manager or the employee um, or a teammate, to be able to, to be vulnerable gives that other person the, the permission. And sure, it might be uncomfortable at first, but if you come with, at it with a heart, and mm -hmm. um and really a true feeling of support then that that builds relationships that builds loyalty that builds that trust is something that um is hard to earn mm -hmm. and, and i think people need to hear and understand that yes oh i'm glad that helped <laughs> very good so what is the one piece of advice you would give to someone that's just starting out in their career and is totally frustrated or confused or has mm. all of those self-doubts that sabotage going on in their heads, what, do you, what would you tell them? Just do stuff. I mean, I know that that sounds super simplistic, but you're going to learn a heck of a lot more by putting yourself out there and trying things that feel good to you. Even if it's contrary to all the advice that you've been given, following your own compass and doing things that make sense to you is going to teach you so much more than studying or taking another course or like enough with the learning, start with the doing that is going to teach you so much more. I kind of learned that this year in my second year of doing this and because I have four coaches and I was spending so much of my time learning mm -hmm. and um and some of what I learned it was not really a new learning it was a reminder kind of learning which was good oh, yeah. good uh, all of value but it was taking away my time from doing mm -hmm. and um so you know, I, I've taken now a few step backs to just get back to doing this year has been my year of yes. And, and just doing, and, uh, so there's some rough patches. <laughs> I won't say no, but as we know, we learn from those rough patches. So yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And you'd be surprised how those rough patches lead you to your next opportunities. I mean, they if do. I hadn't had failures, I wouldn't have anything to be here talking about. Yeah. Right? Well, it's all you fuel. Know, that that's true. Whenever I teach coaching or excuse me, speaking, I, I remind people in their pitches that you have to be able to be again, vulnerable to talk about pain because mm -hmm. that's what people resonate with. And you're not, you're not selling your product or service. You're selling you. And so you need to be able to show your authenticness and your vulnerability and talk about your pain. And mm -hmm. if everything's going rosy, kind of cool, you might think, I don't have any pain to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah. let me just throw some at you. <laughs> and that roller coaster ride takes off. So oh yeah. yeah. Tempting to the universe. Don't do that. Also, it's the <laughs> the least interesting story in the universe of like I got up and it was a good day and everything went really well and there were no mm -hmm. problems. 
Eh, it's an interesting story when stuff goes wrong and i'm not saying to court things going wrong to have interesting stories but redirect it as fuel instead of seeing it as a setback and and that's you know whenever your business is going well then to me that's always time to say okay what do i need to do next what's next Mm -hmm. because i am most creative whenever i have problems yep and it's all problems until the day we shuffle off this mortal coil. They don't yeah, stop. Exactly. You don't graduate into no problem lands. It's just <laughs> trading up, hopefully, for better problems. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's time now for rapid fire. And that is, I've got three questions. So one is, and I guess we kind of touched on this. If you could go way back, way back to you just are in that line to graduate from high school, you're 17, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. What is that one piece of advice you would have given that person? You're Angie, you're 18. The world is your oyster. What advice are are you going to give? Not entirely dissimilar from advice I'd give somebody starting out. I would tell young Angie, you are a writer. Don't believe the people that tell you how hard it is and that you'll be a starving artist. You don't have to accept that reality. Go do what you are called to do. Trust your own instincts and make your own mistakes. Um, and definitely don't let people talk you into several tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt to get a degree that you're not going to use. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then what is the one thing about your job or field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> What do I want to say on that one? Oh, I, I think that there are a lot of folks in leadership and team development and stuff like that that put, I think, too heavy of an emphasis, shall we say, on performance and productivity and like how to get the most out of your team. And I'm not interested in getting the most out of the team. I'm interested in getting the best out of the yeah. team. And the best is going to be different every day. Like we talked about, if somebody wakes up and their the parent passed away or a beloved pet passed away or their computer died and everything is going wrong, that's going to be a different kind of best than on a day when they woke up on the right side of the bed and everything's going well and they are ready to hyperproduce, right? So I'm not interested in the most. I'm interested in the best. That's awesome. That's good advice. And what do people misunderstand the most about you? Ooh, I Mm -hmm. think people think that I'm super brave and tell it like it is. And they don't realize (laughs) that I'm kind of an anxious wreck on the inside, but I've managed to talk about it really well and learn from my mistakes. So, uh, yeah, the the old anxious tilt a whirl is going twenty four seven in this brain. It's just that I've learned to bolster the other voices that say, "No, here's why you should do this." Uh, that voice is is malfunctioning today. Cool. Here's a friend over here that I know will talk some sense into me when anxiety is rearing its ugly head. Mm. Here are people, and I keep <laughs> I keep a folder. This is my little secret trick. Uh, I keep a folder called my kick butt confidence file. And every time somebody sends me an unsolicited compliment, a stat from our work, a transformation, something nice, I take a screenshot, I clip it, and I throw it in that folder. And so on a day when the anxiety has reared its ugly head, I go diving through that folder and go, no, I'm awesome. This is just an off day. Like, remind myself who I am. Look at this folder. Cool. Let's get back to it. So yeah, Yeah. not brave. Totally anxious. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I, I do also teach that, you know, courage is the other side of fear and yes, you need them both, you know, mm -hmm. so you need them both. Just it's like not fearless. Loving. It's fear less. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm pretty sure I right. stole that from somewhere, but I love that. You probably one. did, but that's okay. It was good to share, remind people again. All right. It's time for me to share my screen. For those of you that are just listening, I tell you this every time, but if you did not have a paper and pencil in the very beginning, get one now because I'm going to give you the Angie's website that you can write down and hop right onto so you can connect with her. If you are watching this, you can take a screenshot as always, though, I do have it on my website and my YouTube channel. If you don't have a pencil anywhere, you're driving. Thank you for listening, <laughs> but we'll get there. All right. So if you are just listening, you can go to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash permission to kick ass. That's permission to kick ass.com. On Facebook, she can be found at Real Angie Coley. That's real spelled out as usual angie a-n-g-i-e c-o-l-e-e -E, coley so real angie coley linkedin is angie coley and tiktok is per at permission to kick ass and instagram is at angie coley so angie coley for instagram youtube she's at permission to kick ass so uh check out her youtube uh, the podcasts that are out there for you to look at. I'm going to turn it over to her to talk to you about her website and what you can find there. Awesome. So uh, if you visit permission to kickass.com, you'll be able to sign up for emails and to find out where in the world I am. If we're nearby, invite me for a coffee. I will gladly join up. I show up wherever there is good food and good company. So <laughs> totally open to connecting in that way. Um, I will keep you posted on new podcast episodes as they drop any events or promotions or anything that I'm working on. And I've also got a book by the same name, Permission to Kick Ass, that is coming up in, as we're recording this, it, it's approaching fall of 2023, but December 2023 is when Permission to Kick Ass drops. So if you stop by the site, you should see a mention of the book uh, and you can sign up for the wait list or to be part of the street team that promotes it when it comes out. And yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so it's been so great chatting with you. Uh, definitely have you back to talk more about your nomad life and, and lots of other things that we probably could spend hours talking about. It's been a real pleasure meeting you. And I hope the audience enjoyed all the things you shared, gave great advice and life Thank lessons. Thank you. Right and back at always, you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> thanks. As always, I remind you to uh, remember that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. <laughs>